when I made my first varsity team in 10th grade for the baseball team, everyone's faster than me, everyone's stronger than me. And so ever since then, I just started learning, wow, I, I really have to work hard if I really want this. Welcome to the Clear Choices Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Eigner, and it is my unique privilege to bring you intriguing conversations with people who have made the bold choices necessary to elevate their lives and create a positive impact on the world. By hearing their stories, I hope you walk away more motivated and more inspired to do the same in your life. Because we all have choices to make. My goal is to help inspire you to make more conscious and powerful choices, clear choices. Now let's get started. Have you ever thought about hosting your own podcast? This episode of Clear Choices is brought to you in partnership with Libsyn, powerful podcast hosting, the podcast hosting, distribution, and monetization platform since 2004. Use promo code CHOICES and you can get over one month of free services. Go to Libsyn.com, promo code CHOICES. So baseball season started just last week, and this week we have a professional baseball player on our show. I love how that works out. So without further ado, here's Ryan Scherr. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Clear Choices. We've got Ryan Sheriff, World Series pitcher, uh, and he's sitting here in his home gym getting ready for the next season. Ryan, welcome to the show today. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to have you here on the show to discuss with us the journey of a major league baseball player who got there a little bit late in life uh, and really persevered. A lot of life lessons learned from starting out right here in Southern California and Culver City. What shaped him, the choices he made to get where he is today. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about what it was like for you growing up in Culver City, playing in the Little League and for the high school and, and, and what that upbringing was like for you. It was cool. I really enjoyed uh, playing, you know, uh, playing at the high school level was fun. It was a good time. I didn't end up playing my senior year. I had elbow issues and, and I just, you know, I just thought it was a good time for me just to like settle down after that. So you took it, you literally had a year off of baseball. You literally your senior had a year off. Yep. How, how hard was that? It was tough. I, it was a tough decision. You know, my arm just continued to bother me in my elbow and, um, you know, it sucked. It, it, it really did. But, you know, it, everything worked out for the best. So clearly. Yeah. And so, so what were the most informative things that you learned from playing youth sports? How did it shape who you are? Yeah, I think uh, one thing that has stuck with me is uh, Coach Prieto just teaching me the discipline of the game. So I've had a lot of discipline throughout my baseball career as I gotten older. So I took that away from it. So it's pretty cool. So let's let's go down that a little further when, um, you know, some people might not be baseball specific fans. What talk to us about what you mean by the discipline of the game like this. So it sounds like he taught you some important lessons. Yeah, just, you know, don't showboat, do the right thing and, and you know, just, you know, have a good attitude. You know, I was a kid. I, I, I didn't really have a good attitude in sports because I was super competitive. And, you know, they taught me just, you know, stay right here. So. Mm -hmm. So keep your keep your emotions in check and yeah yeah and was there a specific moment in time where like your your previous attitude had cost you in some way and then that was a pivot point for you 
Um, I remember one time, I think we were playing, uh, it was either winter ball or summer ball at the high school. And I hit my first home run ever. And I stuck my finger in there. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm rounding the bases. And, you know, the game didn't mean anything, but it meant so much to me because it was my first home run. And I remember uh, Coach Brady was like, you can't do that. Like, this game doesn't mean anything. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, so that, that really stuck out to me. So it humbled you a bit, right? Yeah, it definitely did. So so obviously you're a pitcher. Had you always been a pitcher or what were some of your other positions? Yeah, um, for the most part, I've always been a pitcher. Uh, at high school, I think I was outfield and uh, first base a little bit too. But mostly pitched. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, post post high school, what did you do? Like, what was your pathway for sports and or school? Did you go to college or did you just go right into the, the, the minor league system? Yeah. So since I didn't play my senior year, I didn't have any opportunity to go to a D1 or, you know, get drafted. So, you know, I had to go to the JUCO route and um, I ended up going to West LA in 2010 and uh, I got drafted out of there. Wow. Didn't sign. Yeah. Didn't sign. And then I transferred the following year in 2011 to Glendale Community College, and I got drafted again, and I signed from there. That's awesome. So what caused you to make the choice not to sign when you were first drafted? That's pretty unusual. Um, I was told I was going to be like a 10th or 12th round draft pick. They ended up drafting me in like the 33rd round or something like that, offered me like $18,000, and I was like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> so, so that's that, that's Im- that's impressive to me, though. That you know, playing at West LA College, you know, you can even get the attention of the major leagues because you got all these D one athletes, you've got all these guys in the minors. Like, what do you think you did that helped you stand out from both West LA and Glendale community to get noticed? Well, the way I got drafted from West LA was all these scouts were here to see a kid on the other team. Mm-hmm. I think he went to Pierce College. This was 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up pitching that day. So I did very well. I was striking everybody out. So, you know, I got recognized off that. And uh, that's what started my my journey, which was pretty cool. So it sounds like the, the the message to listeners here is like, just take advantage of all your opportunities. Yeah, pretty much. Just, you know, just work hard. So um, did you play other sports or were you just focused on baseball solely? No, I didn't. Just just baseball, you know. I, um, I just stuck to that and and you know tried to do my best. Yeah, well, and obviously you did. So, um, what advice do you have for young aspiring athletes? So, uh, before you answer, you know, I myself have a a kid who has the the desire to play collegiate sports, etc. So, and I'm sure a lot of the parents and kids that are listening today are are, uh, you know, interested in a pathway for success athletically for, for their families. So what advice do you have? What did you, what would you say led you to this, you know, success that you're having right now, which is substantial? I just always had a passion for it. Um, I loved it. I didn't know what the ethic of working hard was. Um, you know, when I was younger, I didn't work hard, you know, everything came pretty easy as an athlete for me. And then I just started realizing that when I made my first varsity team in 10th grade for the baseball team, everyone's faster than me. Everyone's stronger than me. And so ever since then, I just started learning, wow, I, I really have to work hard if I really want this. And that's what I 
strive to do. And then that hard work turned into an obsession of getting better every single day. And it's not so much about baseball. It's just like about my everyday journey in life too. So I'm more in love with the process of getting better than I am in with baseball. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful thing to, to hear. And I know, I know, for example, that you're, you know, you're really careful about your diet. Uh, you're vegan. If I uh, understand correctly, you meditate, yep. you, you have a mental coach, you know, to work on your games. So talk to us a little bit about that, that effort. Like that's a lot of discipline. Oh man. It, it's a, well, especially someone, someone like myself, you know, I was a 28th round draft pick, so it's not going to be handed to me. I didn't sign for a lot of money. I wasn't really a big investment. So everything that I had to do, I had to prove myself, you know, I had to prove that I can pitch and that I do belong. Uh, most people who are drafted in the first, second, third rounds, you know, they have to prove that they can't pitch or can't play. Uh -huh. You know, a guy like me, I have to prove that I can play. So I had to do everything in my power to make sure that I could be around for a long enough time to continue what I'm doing. And that's to change my diet. That's to meditate. If that's to get a mental coach, if that's to do whatever it takes, I'm, I'm going to do it because at the end of the day, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. Well, and uh, uh, as I said at the beginning of our recording, you know, people can't see around you right now, but, but Ryan is sitting in his uh, garage gym, which has a lot of weights and balls and straps and all kinds of stuff. So how, how many days a week are you working out in the off season? I work out about six days a week. And uh, how, how long is the session for you? Like how many hours oh, or man. how much time are you putting in a day? Honestly. Uh, is that including like playing catch and stuff? Sure. If we want to go playing catch and stuff, we're talking about maybe three and a half to four hours a day. Wow. Substantial. And, and how's your body holding up? Like, do you have aches and pains and sore spots or are you like limber and feeling hundred percent healthy? Um, there's days where I have my aches and pains and stuff. I'm also going to be 31 in May. So I think that comes with it. Um, but you know, for the most part, if I just stick to my mobility stuff and do all that, I feel pretty good for the most part. So, so, so talk to me about that. So, uh, you know, you, you obviously got your chance in the majors later in life, right? You were mm -hmm. 27, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. So, so how, first of all, how was that for you mentally to sort of go through double A and triple A ball and all that stuff and kind of, you know, a lot of people wouldn't stick with it as long as you did. And then, and then what was it like to get that chance? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because, um, double A and, and triple A, you know, I was in triple A for a while and, and, you know, waiting for my chance, waiting for my chance, always succeeding and always producing. Um, it started built some type of like anger and resentment. And so when I did get my opportunity to finally pitch in the big leagues, it wasn't a sigh of relief. It was a sigh of anger mm -hmm. and like resent. I, I was angry that it took so long for sure. me to get there. Sure. So, you know, I had a great debut. It was awesome. I pitched really good in 2017 and, you know, unfortunately I had Tommy John surgery in 2018, but right. it, it was a lot of anger that it took so long for me to get there after everything that I had done. So, so, um, so if you don't mind, uh, Ryan, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna show you uh, show the audience a little bit of uh, uh, if they if they happen to miss the the World Series, which I doubt it. Uh, I'm gonna show uh, some highlights here. So bear with me while I deal with this uh, technical wizardry here. <laughs> here we go. 
Caller City High School alum Ryan Sheriff pitched a perfect eighth inning for the Tampa Bay Rays in Game 5 of the World Series and has joined the roster of Jewish pitchers to play in the World Series. After playing for Team Israel, Sheriff began playing for the Tampa Bay Rays, an incredible athlete who draws from his family's history of strength. Both of his grandparents were Holocaust survivors from Poland. Pretty incredible story. So that's pretty amazing that you went from being a journeyman triple a double a guy to pitching in the world series so talk to us about that transition um you know it it was crazy you know after i had tommy john and the cardinals end up letting me go you know i was grateful that tampa bay got on me as quick as they did in 2018 right after the season signed a three-year deal with them and you know getting to the big leagues this year meant more to me than my debut because of the Tommy John surgery and, and all of that. And it's crazy what people don't know. I have like parts of three years in the big leagues already. So it, it's pretty cool that I've stuck around this long. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just grateful for the opportunity, all the hard work that I've done. It's definitely paid off and I'm just still trying to get better every day. Well, that is awesome and inspiring, Ryan, that you um, have that much focus and determination. Your road to success uh, was was one that required a lot of focus and discipline. Very impressive. Talk to us a little bit about your future. What do you, what do you, what are your, what are your goals? What would make 2021 uh, a great year season for you? You know, uh, another year in the big leagues would be great. Um, You know, I would love to play overseas in Japan. I Mm. think that'd be, that'd be super fun. You know, Um, you know, the crowds there and, and the money's great over there. And, and, I I would love to go there as well. You know, I feel like I proved myself in America already. And so I think overseas is kind of like the next step after all this. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Another thing I want to share on the screen here is uh, this image here. Talk to us about this picture. What's what's the story behind that? Oh, is that the Team Israel picture? Correct. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a... uh, That was fun. Um, I pitched in two games of the qualifiers, both in the eighth inning, I believe. And, you know, being able to represent Team Israel since my grandparents were in the Holocaust meant, meant a lot to me. You know, I did it for them and, and hopefully they're proud. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they are. So I'll uh, I'll I'll use that as an ideal pivot point to the fact that you and I have something majorly in common. You said your grandparents are Holocaust survivors. My parents, who are both living, are Holocaust survivors as well. So talk to me a little bit about how that shaped you. Like, how how was that? shared with you as a kid growing up what it meant to you or was it not shared with you talk to me a little bit about it. um honestly i i had no idea about it as a little kid I, I remember one day um i was in denver colorado visiting my uh visiting my grandma and you know unfortunately she's passed now but you know she was serving me a plate of breakfast and i see these tattoos on her wrist and i asked her i'm like what are these and she's like oh this is what they gave us I had no idea you know, I was 10, 11 years old, no idea. And, uh, as I got older, like in my twenties, I sort of started clicking in my head. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like this is like real stuff here. And so my mom's stepmom came to watch me play in AAA and I believe 2017 and she was a Holocaust survivor as well. So I made sure to look at her wrist when I came in, uh, gave her a hug. And so, uh, she came and gave me a hug. I looked at her wrist tattoos are there all the numbers and i'm just like wow this is some real deep stuff this is crazy yeah so 
Yeah, it's uh, uh, similar in a way to me. My my parents didn't talk about it at all. And then when I was like 15 or 16 in a in history class, literally in high school, they were talking about World War II and uh, the Holocaust. And I just did the, the logic in my head, like, wait a second, my parents grew up in Hungary and they were Jewish and God, were they affected by this? Like, I, they never talked about it. So I started asking questions and, and that's how I found out. So when you, now that you're, you know, older and you have a more deep understanding of the historical context of this kind of thing, where, where, how does it, how does it impact you? How does it affect how you think about, you know, the world? It's just crazy that, you know, we had, we had to go through something like that, you know, and it's just sad and, you know, it's sad out there for people who don't believe that it ever happened, you know? Right. Um, it, it's just tragic, you know, but, you know, they persevered through that. And, you know, I bet you they became better people from it. So I think, I think that's a hundred percent true. And, and, uh, and I, I mean this kind of seriously. And also, you know, it's a little bit of a tongue in cheek joke, but it's like pretty awesome. You know, uh, there's not a ton of Jewish major league pitchers, right? So uh, yeah. you, know, you, you beat the odds. I can't name too many quarterbacks or, you know, there's not a lot of high level uh, Jewish athletes. So it's pretty awesome too, that you left your help leave a legacy in that way as well. So that's, that's really awesome. So talk to me a little bit about what you do to um, relieve what I'm assuming is the stress of the major leagues and just being a professional athlete in general, regardless of what level, what are some of the things that you do to unwind when you're not you know, working on your craft? You know, during the season, I'll meditate about twice a day, uh, one before I leave my room and then one before the game. Um, that's during season. Off season, I'll meditate maybe three times a week, you know, just to give my mind a break. And other than that, I'll just work out all day, play some video games. Eat, okay. What's your, video, what's your video game of choice? I've been on League of Legends for a while, for about eight years now, but my buddy got me back into Fortnite, so I've been playing a little bit of Fortnite with him. Um, I've been doing that, and uh, yeah, that's, that's really all I do. I go longboarding, ride my bird scooter around. and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a surfer, too. I'll be uh, heading to the water later today, actually. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, I'm now. you should have told me you're due Fortnite, because now my 13-year-old is going to be hunting you down. I'm all for it. Let's go. Let's play. <laughs> so um, I guess before we sign off, is there any anything else you want to share or kind of any closing thoughts or words of wisdom for uh, for our Clear Choices listeners? Just work hard. Work hard. You know, if I can do it out of all people, the six foot, you know, kid, you guys can do it too. I'm below average. I'm a below average pitcher. Uh, height wise, you know, so, you know, if you have a fear of anything, you can do it. If I did it, uh, I love, I love that. And I would say you might be, you might say you're below average in terms of, uh, compared to other pitchers, but you're above average. It sounds like in your work ethic and your focus. So I really admire yeah. that. I just want to thank you for taking the time today to be here and share your story with us and good luck in uh, 2021. Um, Maybe I'll uh, not only see you in Major League Baseball, but uh, uh, in Japan sometime, like you said, was uh, one of your goals. Thanks again for being here, Ryan. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've been inspired and motivated by what you heard today, please subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. Post it on social media, invite friends, and let me know if you have any potential guests. While you're there, leave us a review. We'd love to connect with you as well, so check out our Facebook page by searching Clear Choices. 
I'm available for speaking engagements, and you can find more information by visiting our website at clearchoices.live. And all this can be found in our show notes. Join us next week for more inspiring stories that can help us all make clear choices. Thanks for listening.